Today marks nine years since the regime government of authoritarian dictator Bashar al-Assad used chemical weapons to kill over 1,400 Syrians, including many children. Coinciding with in-person events happening tonight in New York City and Washington, D.C., Connecticut-based organization Promoting Enduring Peace will be holding a candlelighting Zoom event tonight in honor of the victims of the 2013 Hulta massacre. To speak on this somber anniversary, I'm grateful to be joined by Dr. Zaki Lababidi, MD, who was born in Homs, Syria, graduated from medical school in Damascus in 1985, and has been working as an interventional cardiologist in Arizona. He is involved with the Syrian American Council, is on their board, and is engaged in many different kinds of work related to Syria. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Lababidi. Wa alaikum salam, Professor uh, welcome, welcome to Mike Check here on WPKN Independent Community Radio here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, and, and thank you for taking the program to remember whole um, innocent people who were killed uh, brutally by a dictator and his father that ruled the country of Syria now for 52 years. His father died in 2000, and he's been ruling the country since then. Two people ruled the whole country for 52 years. Thank you for uh, on this day. Oh, um, just real quick, I wanted to say thank you for sharing that. And, and uh, you know, like you said, this is a very important and somber anniversary. Um, this nine-year anniversary of the the, the Ghouta massacre, and um, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and honored to get to have this conversation with you, Dr. Lababidi. And uh, and I just wanted to say really quick, I hope you're doing well and that your family's doing well. And um, and I know you, you just began to, but I, that was going to be my first first question for you was uh, if you could give a, a brief overview of the Syrian conflict, uh, beginning with the start of, of the uprising against the regime and, and yeah, just continuing to, to contextualize uh, the situation for any of our listeners who are uh, are not really who, who don't really understand what is happening in Syria or what's been happening in Syria. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, as you know, the uprising in Syria um, uh, started in 2011, March of 2011, after 41 years of uh, dictatorship that started in 1970, where uh, Hafez Assad, the father of this president, Bashar, uh, took over the country and declared martial rules and Syria has been since then ruled by martial uh, law. Um, uh, he did whatever he wanted to do. Uh, there was no freedom of speech growing up in Syria. Uh, there is no freedom of assembly. You cannot get even with two or three friends. If the security services know about it, then you are in trouble. Hundreds of thousands of Syrians disappeared in these 40 years behind prison but, uh, and, and we don't know what happened to them. Uh, their parents uh, don't ask about them because in Syria, if family members taken and you go ask the security services, then you are gone. So family learn just to uh, unfortunately forget about their loved ones so they don't lose more people. 
If they come to your home and they don't find you, they take your father, they take your brothers, your sisters, your mother, until you give up yourself to the security services. And the charges would will be as little as uh, you have opposing opinion of what's happening in the country and what the policy is. After enduring all of this for 41 years, um, the Syrian people went erupted in demonstration in 2011 in the street. And for three, four months, they were faced with live bullets. And every day there was killing of 10 people, 15, then became 100. Then in, in, in June, July of that year, uh, the, some officers start defecting from the army because they don't want to participate in killing civilians and their brothers and sisters, basically. And then the uh, Assad regime, with his brutality, start um, attacking uh, the uh, neighborhoods where the demonstrators coming from and committing uh, crimes of uh, killing uh, on the spot, without a reason, raping um, uh, women and, and just torturing the population in a way to force them to leave. And that's what actually happened. Uh, towns in, in its entirety, uh, the people just left everything, their homes, their belongings, their memories, and just seeking um, uh, shelter. And then they start defending themselves, arming themselves when other neighborhoods heard about that. And that's what the Assad regime wanted. He wanted to face uh, people with weapons. So he forced on them um, and their weapons. And then he started killing them with every weapons he has. He used the Air Force on uh, civilian neighborhoods. Uh, tanks, artillery, you name it, he used it, unfortunately, against his own population. And that's what happened. Um, we hate to see this being called a civil war um, uh, or a conflict uh, or a problem, because it was not. It was, it was a brutal dictator using his army, his tanks, his artillery against uh, civilians. And that's really what, what happened in Syria, unfortunately. In the second year of the uprising, 70,000 people killed, all civilians, of course. Um, Thank you so much for sharing all that. And that's absolutely devastating and, and heartbreaking. And and uh, and I, I thank you for, for also naming that it's, you know, that, that point about not calling it a civil war or a conflict. And so I apologize for using the word conflict before. Um, and yeah, I appreciate everything, you know, that, that important context that you just shared. And so today, again, is the nine-year anniversary of the Ghouta massacre that took place uh, in 2013. And I was wondering if you could describe what happened. Uh, absolutely. Um Unfortunately, the Assad regime and his cronies uh, do not know limits uh, for the brutality and the killing. Um, that night, um, under the pressure of his uh, cronies um, to use chemical weapons to stop the uprising, he finally did. We heard about the pressure on him to do so, to, to just um, quell 
the uprising of the Syrian people, and that's what he thought he's going to do with this attack. Um, of course, that didn't happen. Um, he killed 1,400 innocent people, um, civilians, and a lot of them children. Uh, as you know, in the Middle East, families have um, um, more kids than we do here in the United States. Each family at these five, six kids. So a lot of the victims uh, were just um, kids, five-year-old, two-year-old, infants. Um, my cousin, who I studied in medical school in Damascus with, and we lived together for three years, he was an anesthesiologist, and he was in that hospital where the victims stopped coming. And he said, we, we didn't know what to do with all these victims, not even in the United States. I've been here working uh, for 27 years in the medical system. There is no way any hospital here in a big city even able to deal with um, 1,400 victims uh, of a chemical attack. It's just it's impossible. They did their best. Uh, they did their best to save people's lives, but they lost a lot of people. And in the process, they witnessed history in the making. Um, basically, chemical weapons have not been used for uh, decades. And definitely, the doctors and nurses and the medical staff did not see anything like it before. Um, they tried to save as many people. Unfortunately, um, the, the number of victims was very high. In one night, 1,400 people. That was documented who was responsible because the Assad regime and uh, the Russian um, uh, Federation that backed, backed him and Iranian regime that backed him also, they're denying and they, um, uh, in a silly defense that people did it to themselves uh, to get attention, while the United Nations investigations and our own government investigations uh, pointed out that the uh, chemical weapons came from the regime areas. Um, and that's unfortunate. And until now, nine years later, there's no accountability. And somebody may say, well, accountability, there's a lot of dictators around the world. How is it going to affect me in Connecticut and all of that? It affects all of us. Um, this is uh, the world becoming a lot smaller. And when you allow chemical weapons to be used in Syria, and we, before even the Russian got involved in the Syrian um, uh, dictator war against his own people, um, we alluded to the fact that uh, the problem is not going to stay in Syria. And certainly when the Russian came to his defense and to keep him in power, we, we said also, um, if we don't stop Russia and Syria, um, we're going to face Russia and Europe. And it took five years, and uh, certainly that's exactly what happened. Uh, we did not stop Russia from killing people in Syria after what Bashar al-Assad did. And now we are facing Russia and Ukraine and all over the world. Uh, the world now is very small. And when things happen in one country, uh, if we don't stop it, uh, the idea spread that killing is okay, using chemical weapons is okay, maybe nuclear. 
And um, the next thing you know, the, the, the actually the war is in our um, uh, our homes and in our towns. And I think uh, your audience appreciate now when Russia did what it did in Syria. Now they're trying it in Ukraine, and now China flexing its muscles. And of course, um, that could lead to World War Three. I think. If we had done a better job uh, holding the Assad regime accountable for his actions, uh, people around the world would take notice and say, oh, this cannot happen. And they will not venture into other crazy um, killing frenzy or taking over territories uh, around the world. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Lababidi, for speaking about what took place nine years ago today in 2013 with the Ghouta massacre. Now, I know that since 2012, you've been involved yourself in in medical mission trips to Syria. You were speaking before about the casualties, about the the overwhelming number of of victims from the chemical attack. in in the hospitals and and how people you know uh, all the the hospital staff and the medical staff were trying to treat all the victims and so i know that you you know you have traveled um since you know for the past 10 years to syria to engage in 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 medical work and i was wondering if you could share a bit about what you've yourself witnessed and experienced uh during those trips so um, we did that to help the people who were displaced, and um, they did not have any um, um, uh, any medical care. To be frank with you, um, in, in northern Syria, especially, uh, so we were trying to um, uh, help them as much as possible. We supported local hospitals uh, with um, um, their staff. Uh, I traveled to northern Syria to set up a uh, cath lab, which is my specialty, to treat people with heart disease um, so they can survive their illnesses. Sometimes all you need is medication. Sometimes you need a procedure. Sometimes they need a stent placement that could save somebody's life. And um, because of smoking, of course, in the, uh, is rapid in, in third world countries, um, sometimes you're treating somebody for a heart attack in their 30s and early 40s, and all they needed is a stent to save them. We uh, did missions also to uh, neighboring countries where refugees were in large numbers, such as Lebanon, uh, Jordan, uh, Egypt. Um, and, uh, of course, in these countries, not only helping Syrian refugees, but anybody in need. Um, and that... Um, uh, alleviated as much as possible the suffering of these people who just left everything and they're in a a new country um, uh, and they don't have anything. Um, So to see people coming to help them and uh, care for them and for their health, uh, it was a great um, deal of uh, comfort uh, for them that somebody does care about them, actually. And I know that you're also on the board of the Syrian American Council. And so, Dr. Lababidi, I was wondering if you could speak a bit about 
the the mission of the Syrian American Council and the work that it engages in? So um, I've been the president of the Syrian American Council for the last four years. It's um, a grassroots organization um, that um, uh, combined the uh, Syrian people in America work and efforts uh, to push for a political solution in Syria, to push for the freedom of the Syrian people. Still hundreds of thousands of people are in prisons being tortured to death. Um, the Sednaya uh, prison is uh, infamous uh, for that. Uh, there's a weekly uh, execution that happens and uh, people buried in mass graves without notifying their um, loved ones. Um, there's a movie actually about that if the audience are interested. Uh, they can find it. Um, um, we are engaged with our Congress members uh, to bring peace to Syria and to end uh, a 52 years of um, uh, brutal regime controlling the country um, and bring freedom, bring justice, and uh, bring democracy uh, to a country that's been suffering too long. Uh, that's been our mission. Um, that's been what we are doing to um, uh, encourage every Syrian in the United States uh, to speak up on behalf of the victims who uh, cannot speak for themselves. Um, we are in a very powerful country. Um, we can do a lot. Uh, our principles are great. Um, freedom of speech, which we didn't have any growing up in Syria, and that's one of the reasons why I actually decided to leave early on when I was 18 years old. And I remember to, telling my dad, if this is life, I don't want it. There is no way I can live in a country like this. I know I'm going to end up dead before my 30th birthday, probably. Um, and I did leave when I was uh, 24. Um so these are the principles that we live by here and we encourage around the world. We were supposed to work for democracy around the world, and that's, that's exactly what Syrians uh, paid with their lives um, a lot um, to achieve freedom and, and, and democracy for themselves and for their country. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lababili. And... You know, there's been so much misinformation and outright denial of the Assad regime's atrocities by media outlets like the Gray Zone, by uh, organizations that call themselves leftist or progressive, such as the Party for Socialism and Liberation slash Answer Coalition, these groups who who engage in disinformation and and these media outlets that that put forth um, information that is inaccurate, to say the least, uh, specifically about Syria and what's been happening in Syria with regard to the Assad regime. What are some websites, media outlets, organizations that you would recommend for people to actually learn more and find accurate information about what's been going on in Syria? Um. All, all they have to do, actually, just basic information. How in any country, two people, father and son, 
can rule the country for 52 years. How many American president has been in power in the White House uh, since 1970? The country of Syria had only two. Bashar Assad, we call him the butcher of Syria, not Bashar, but butcher, and his father. That's all. That's all we had. But there are the um, American, uh, uh, the Syrian-American coalition uh, for Syria. Um, they have a website called um, AC Syria, S-Y-R-I-A dot org. There's a lot of information. Uh, there's another website, which is the Syrian American Council, uh, SACouncil.com. And there's a lot of information. There's a couple of movies um, that uh, you can watch and um, give you really a, a good idea of what happened. One of them called uh, Little Gandhi um, and another one called Sema, S-A-M as in Mary A. These two um, uh, movies uh, give you uh, a real picture of what happened uh, in Syria, actually. There's a book um, written by Sam Dagger. It's called um, Assad or We Burn the Country. In Arabic language, the translation rhyme, uh, Assad or Nahraq al-Balad, and it means exactly either Assad in power or we burn the country. And that was the uh, slogan of the Assad regime, um, security services, we shouldn't call them really security services because what they are is mafia uh, that have a lot of powers, have tanks and, and, and uh, fighter jets and helicopters attacks. And, and they killed Syrians for 52 years, uh, mostly in the last 11 years, uh, probably totaling more than a million victims. A lot of them, we don't know where they are. A lot of them... And their families don't know even if they're dead or alive. But these are good resources for people to know. In regard to the uh, misinformation and disinformation, there's a lot. Uh, and especially from Russia and Iranian-backed um, uh, websites. Uh, it is unfortunate. Uh, Americans should know that the Iranian in Syria are the same Iranians that were in Lebanon in 1983 and killed 284 Marines. Um, these are our sons and daughters. Uh, these are the, the people who protect the United States. Uh, the Revolutionary Guards killed them through Hezbollah and other terrorist organizations that Iran backed. The other uh, misinformation about that is, well, uh, we need to end all wars. And ending all wars does not mean supporting dictators. Uh, we cannot let dictators who use chemical weapons, who kill people uh, indiscriminately and level neighborhood in its entirety to the ground with 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 civilians buried under the rebels of their homes. We cannot let them um, uh, go free and uh, are not held accountable. Um, how is it affecting us? Of course it's affecting us. Assad is one of the lawyers uh, to uh, 
at Putin, who is probably on the verge of starting World War III with his ambitions to uh, uh, regain the, the Russian Federation hold on neighboring countries such as Ukraine, killing innocent people. He's playing the same book that he played in Syria. I wish we stopped him in Syria. We wouldn't have been facing him now in Ukraine, which is a lot more dangerous. But he he destroyed um, our infrastructure in Syria. He bombed neighborhoods, civilians, like he's doing in Ukraine and denying it. He bombed hospitals. He killed doctors and nurses. We lost 1,400 medical staff from Russian attacks and um, uh, Assad fighter jets bombing um, uh, hospitals. He attacked markets where people just shopping, uh, where the Syrian blood, you see it on the ground with, with the fruits and vegetables and people just going by their lives and they're killed for absolutely no reason. This is why it's, it's very important for us as Americans to understand that, yes, we may not know where Syria is, but the world is so connected and so small now, anything happen in the world will reverberate throughout, and we may reach, it may reach our homes and our towns, and uh, I hope not. Uh, but we need to stop these, these uh, dictators from... Uh, from the one in Syria to the one in North Korea to the one uh, in Russia. Otherwise, the world will not be safe for anybody. Thank you for that, Dr. Lababili. And we are running out of time, actually. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to really quickly uh, say my last uh, piece here, and then um, I want you to close us out. So really quick, uh, once again, there's going to be a virtual candlelight vigil Zoom event uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight hosted by Connecticut organization Promoting Enduring Peace. Registration for that event is available uh, by visiting tinyurl.com slash sarin hyphen massacre. And uh, again, this is coinciding with in-person events in New York City and Washington, D.C. today, and I believe other places uh, to mark the nine-year anniversary of the Ghouta massacre in Syria. And um, this is you know, this has been Mike Check. My name is Mike Murley. Um, next Sunday night at 530, we will have another episode. Um, we will have up next the Ralph Nader Radio Hour, um, followed, of course, by Cool Blues and Rare Records with Al Bell. So please stay tuned for all of that. And thank you for listening and, and joining us. Um, thank you, Dr. Lababidi, for all your work and for being on the show. And please, um, if you want to give the contact information or how listeners can can find out more, support your work, um, I want you to take us out and then we've got a, like 40 seconds and then we'll, it'll, it's going to be moving on to the next program. So if you want to close us out. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I would love um, uh, listeners that are interested to um, contact us on sacouncil.com and acsyria.org, A-C-S-Y-R-I-A. And uh, we'll be more than happy to work with anybody who wants to see uh, justice uh, happen and wants to see these dictators uh, out of power. Uh, it is very crucial for us to um, uh, show 